Welcome to the Goodish People Podcast. I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Jones. This is a podcast where we have conversations that are sometimes hard, sometimes funny, sometimes awkward. All the while, Hannah and I are just trying to be good people. We don't have it all together. Although, let's be real, we're always trying to be just good-ish. Emphasis on the ish. Yeah, that ish is is feeling super strong. Uh, so you guys, thank you for listening. Join us as we laugh, cry, and snort our way through our life's most pervasive and relatable conversations. Today, our conversation topic is on minimal-ish uh, wage jobs, so including babysitting, etc. Uh, we're out here just navigating adulthood to the best of our ability, and along the way, there may be wine, there may be coffee, and there will always be some carb-related coping mechanism. Today, the wine of choice is a Sangiovese. 2016, might I add, and it is decadent. Thank you, Hannah, for bringing it over. Anytime. You know I love my Italian wines. You and me both, my friend. Hannah just picked up her glass while she was saying that. It was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Look, you guys, Jackie and I haven't seen each other in almost two weeks, which <sighs> is like record time for like the past six months. And it was too long. So I just got to enjoy this wine and being in the presence of one Jackie Brewitt. Oh, my heart is so full right now. I feel the exact same way as you. I feel like I was having a bit of separation anxiety. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I have to tell Hannah about every waking moment and all these crazy things that have happened in life. And I'm so glad we're coming together again. Uh, and Hannah's birthday is next week. And so we plan to fully celebrate her hardcore this weekend, which I'm pumped. What up, what up? ATL, Inman Park, Hannah Jones. Let's go, let's go. Very exciting stuff. So, we're going to get to celebrate her this week, and it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't like being the center of attention, but it's going to be fun because it's going to be just our friends. And I am very excited to eat very good food and hopefully drink some good wine and just have some good hangs. So it'll be a good time to celebrate me and America's birthday. Yes. I almost said go dogs. <laughs> Yeah, I think you can say that. It's okay. I will allow it. Okay. And then I'll do Weagle <laughs> just for you since your birthday is coming up. It's okay. We can just say, Go Dogs, Go America. I Connor's love it. Connor's going to replay go... that clip of me saying that over and over and over again. But joke's on him because he'll never listen to this. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it's possible that he records that and he plays it at the beginning of every football season. Very he possible. He only will if anyone that's listening tells him that I said it in this episode because I don't think he's going to be listening. Because okay. he loves me, but like, you know, he hears us talk all the time. Like he probably has heard us talk about these things ad nauseum. I totally get it. So I won't, I won't spill the beans for you. Cool. Well, no I feel like our friend, a uh, shout out to our friend, Tim. I think Tim is probably out there already messaging Connor, letting him know that his wife is a traitor to her Tim. institution. Hey, Tim, slide into my DMs and let me know if I'm wrong. Um, those of you out there, he's going to do it. He's just going to do it. Even if you don't know Tim, you know Tim. You know what I you mean? better not do it, Tim. That was my threatening voice. That was good. Was it that threatening? Was it was, yeah, yeah. I think the right amount of threatening. You do know? I need more grit? You better not do it, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of it, but I've been watching like, a lot of old movies and you just reminded me of like the old dad in an old movie. That's kind of what I was going for. I was channeling like angry dad energy. It was like angry dad energy from 1947. Like that was accurate. Whoa. I was only trying to go back to like maybe late 80s, early 90s. So I guess I shot it a little too far, but I guess better overshooting than not. So there yeah, we go. that's right. If you're shooting for the 80s, it's got to be a little bit more yuppie, you know, just like a little peppier, a little more like Coke induced 
okay. vibes going on. Let me on. try it one more time. That's what I hear about the 80s. I obviously didn't live <laughs> during that time period because it's all I think about is yuppies and cocaine. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I watch a lot of 80s movies. I mean, that, yeah. Uh, good and for a you. Lot of bright for colors. You. Saved by the Bell. I, I absorbed some of the culture because I was only born in the next decade. Happy almost birthday, my friend. <laughs> Thank so, you. You guys, I'm turning 29. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. And I would say that that's probably, I'm going to project myself in the next week and when we record and I'm imagining that on next week's podcast, my high, my heart is going, which is today's is going to be a, we're going to do smooshes and douches. That's right. <laughs> so I think next week that's going to be my smoosh. But in terms of this week's smoosh, um, do you want me to just go ahead and jump right in, Hannah? Yeah. Yeah. Before you do, I do have one update. I know that I had mentioned before that I was going to the doctor to see if I had ADHD and I did yes. have somebody ask for an update on that. So I wanted to let you guys know that I did go to see a psychiatrist and they are pretty convinced that that is something that I have or struggle with or have that level of of neuro- neurodivergence, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it put me on a medication that is not a stimulant, which I'm really excited about, but is a anxiety depression medication that's supposed to help with this as well with ADHD. So I'm feeling, I've been on it for about a month and I'm feeling like I have a little bit more of control over those urges or my, um, uh, my desire to jump from one thing to the next and get distracted. So it's been great. I'll keep you guys posted, but for now it's, it's doing, it's doing its job. I think. Heck yeah, man. That's like the best update ever. Yeah, it makes me feel nice that I'm like, oh, wait, the fact that I've been distracted so much in my life and just like can't focus on one thing is like that, that yeah. has a reason. <laughs> totally. And it's <laughs> all coming an- together. Too. Yes. Like, it, yeah. It feels nice. So that's great. Um, and the medication I'm on is partially a antidepressant, which is something I struggle with as well and can be related to ADHD. But all that to say, I've been on an on an antidepressant for many years and then got off of it for the last couple and was doing okay but I'm just you know very okay with getting back on medication um and I'm glad that it may be able to help treat that as well so kind of killing two birds with one stone if you will and doing a kick kick ass job at it too might I add kick ass ish you know <laughs> kick ass ish baby that's the way to go well I appreciate you sharing your journey with that too Hannah and I'll be interested to see like how it progresses and how you're, you know, feeling. Not that you have to share on every single episode if you don't want to, but not trying to put you on the spot. But everyone I'm open loves as long as it's entertaining and good content. You know, as long as it's not the same thing week after week. Hey, I'm entertained, man. <laughs> it's all good. I'll save. I'll save the good stuff for you guys, our our lovely listeners, and the stuff that's just the same over and over again to tell Jackie off the pod. Hey, all good. <laughs> I'll hear it anytime, any place. I got you, baby. I got you. Too kind. Well, thank you guys for listening to my update corner. Um, now we're going to move Ooh, into an update corner. Yeah, that was our update corner. I, I don't know I if there's any other that. updates um, besides the fact that we're planning a trip to Disney in the fall and we're getting in the zone. Jackie's getting ready to go ride herself a rock and roller coaster. I'm going to do it. I'm going to face my fear. I'm going to get on that roller coaster. I'm going to go real, real fast and I'm not going to get off because I can't because the bars are going to have me locked in and I have no choice, but I'm going to conquer that fear of me not being in control of my body. It's going to be great. Um, And I'm sure that that will be my smoosh when I come back. 
or it'll be my douche because it will have gone very poorly, but I'll keep you all updated. Yes, keep us updated <laughs> for sure. Um, on that note, let's go ahead and move into our, what are we calling them uh, this week again? The smoosh and the douche. That's right. Smooshes and douches. It's kind of like in Parks and Rec when the guy that's hosting <laughs> the, the podcast is like, I'm the douche. And then he's like, come wrestle in this pile of chili. We're not going to make anybody do that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you eat the chili when you're wrestling in the chili, you may get the tootie chili. That's right. And I love that actor, Nick Kroll. He's hilarious. Oh, he and he's funny. also in the league, which yeah. I probably shouldn't love as much as I do, but I love the <laughs> league. It's so freaking funny. And I love Nick Kroll. So shout out to Nick Kroll for what being up, what douche. up, the douche, aka right. Nick Kroll. Find us at the Goodish People Podcast. <laughs> I hope he gets a Google up, alert. <laughs> oh, that would be oh, a girl can dream. A girl can dream. So do you want to kick us off with a smoosh? Sure, I can do that. Uh, my smoosh for this week. So last week I traveled to a conference for work in Orlando. And I one of my favorite things about traveling for work is that I feel very grown up and independent, which is nice because oftentimes in life I forget I'm a grown adult. But it's one of those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a grown adult. This is amazing. Uh, and I very much cherish my airport time because I use it to either read or catch up on TV or listen to podcasts. And I just have alone time in the airport. It's delightful. So loved that. But for the most part, the reason this is my my high for the week, the reason this is my smoosh is because <laughs> when I was in Orlando, um, we were staying at one of the SeaWorld hotels, one of the ones right next to SeaWorld. And my family grew up going to SeaWorld prior to Blackfish. Yes, I understand and have seen that documentary and respect it very much. Um, however, they have good roller coasters. So, you know, bygones be bygones. What are you going to do? You got to ride that coaster, baby. You got to ride it. That's right. And I actually know somebody who used to um, work in leadership there, and they've done a lot of work to try to right that wrong. So I do respect that to a degree. I don't know a ton about it, so I won't add any more to that. All I will say is they have good roller coasters. So <clears throat> I love roller coasters, as we've talked about on previous episodes. And I was just kicking myself thinking, if I'm going to be this close to a theme park that I went to my entire childhood, like every year and not go, I'm going to be so pissed. So when I flew in, the park was open for three hours when I got to my hotel, I had three hours left. I got myself a ticket and I, I strolled into the park by myself and I roll, rode a bunch of roller coasters by myself. And it was great. What and a boss I, ass bitch. Thank you. I felt so <laughs> independent and like, it just was so nice to be like, I'm in this place doing this by myself. And I really genuinely don't give two craps what anybody thinks about me because I'm having a grand old time and like roller coasters are so fun for me. And otherwise I'd just be sitting in a hotel room eating Uber Eats. And that's not a bad thing. I've done that on other work trips and it's been very refreshing. Mm. But if I was going to be that close to roller coasters, I had to ride them. So that was great. And then the next night I went to see a movie at AMC after everything from work wrapped up. I hopped in an Uber and went to the AMC at Disney Springs and saw the new Jennifer Lawrence movie, No Hard Feelings, um, which I have conflicting feelings about. But Altogether, it was a very fun viewing mm -hmm. experience and just had another night to myself. I got to wander through Disney Springs, have a lot of nostalgia, get excited for our trip in the fall. Yeah, take a walk down memory lane. Heck yeah. yes. And it was great. And I just was really proud of myself for making the most of this trip and not being confined to stay on the property or what have you and just choosing to go out and do my own thing and really enjoyed that and made the most of 
a conference and the conference was good too, but you know, made the most of already being down there for work and not having to pay for myself to get down there. So it yeah. was, it was a good, it was a really good time and I felt really proud of my independence. So heck yeah, dude, when you're down in Florida, might as well see some shows, whether with fish, whether with famous actors, actresses like J-Law. That's right. And riding them coasty toasters. Coasty toasters. Yes, that's exactly right. And I just did so smoosh. many things I loved on that trip and it was just a, a straight hard smoosh. Oh, I love it. I there love were a it, lot, there was a lot of conversation about that stuff in the No Hard Feelings movie too. Just to, uh, oh. just to give you guys a little bit of information about it. Get your toes wet with information about Good the movie. No, I might have to go see that. It's a bit raunchy, so get ready. Hey. And, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but for those of you out there that it does bother, just a heads up. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't mind. Not that this podcast is I don't know. We probably have people that love us. (laughs) What'd you say? I was saying we probably have people that love us that are listening that maybe don't appreciate that. That's true. You're right. Like I think if my parents are listening, like maybe my dad can handle it, but my mom would hate it. So, you know, just a heads up, like, you know, know what you like, what you don't like. And I'm just giving right. you a warning in advance. If you don't like that stuff, just don't go. You're right. I'm I'm sorry to those of you. I was putting some people in a box and, you know, you got to like what you're going to like. And <laughs> I think eventually we're going to get to a spot where those people stop listening and then we're just going to have like, you know, kindred spirits for the most it's part. It's possible. <laughs> that was a weird <laughs> laugh, just giggled. Man. I don't know if you heard it, but it was like, he. It was like a he, but awful. Also, like a witch's, like I know that things are gonna happen. I don't know why I just said that, but I did. So there's oh, that man. Uh, well, okay, my douche. <laughs> I don't really have <laughs> to transition. I don't have one that really comes to mind. It's been a pretty good week. Um, I guess I just had a couple of days here and there where I was thinking. I had a lot of time by myself, so just thinking about you know, I'm about to turn another year and trying to consider who I am today and maybe some things that I wish I was, or maybe got caught a little bit in the trap of thinking like what I could have done or what I could have been. Mm -hmm. And that is never a fun spot to get stuck because it doesn't lead to forward progress unless you choose to take action to be different. And I should have, you know, I mean, that's never a fun spot to be, but I should have just been proud for the steps I've been taking to pursue things that are enjoyable to me and I'm proud of like this podcast and other things in life that I'm proud of. So um, that's the only negative is that sometimes my mind has wandered to that space where I'm like, you know, I should have, why did I not pursue publishing? And I, what would my life have been like if I just moved to another place and met new people? But really my life is great. So why would I think like that? (laughs) But also it's like so valid that you think like that. And that's a, a super normal human reaction. But when you're in it, it's hard to stop the train rolling when it's in your head. And especially when you're like alone, you're like, wait, what, what would have happened if I would have made this one choice in my life? Where would I have ended up? That's a super normal thing to think about. Totally. And I think having been in Orlando where my family, I know I talked about this on the, the, um, theme park episode, but we vacation there every year, multiple times. Like it was a, it was a mainstay for the Collins household. And I think being in a place where I had so much nostalgia and so many memories made me think about who I was as a kid, what my dreams were and like what I accomplished and what I didn't and who I am today and just had a lot of reflection on that. And sometimes that reflection can be good. And sometimes I think what I'm saying with my, my douche is that it can, it can stroll to an unhelpful place. And really I'm, I am actually very proud of who I am today. And I hope to continue to grow prouder of myself over the years, more proud of myself over the years. 
You will. And if you and if you don't feel it, you'll have people around you, or at least I will be around you, going, I'm so freaking proud of you, man. Keep it up. You got this. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Well, I got you. That's all I have today. What are your uh, smooshes and douches? Oh, okay, so my smoosh is that I just got back from a great vacation vacation in the state of South Carolina in Charleston, which was so much fun. And the reason why Ned and I went there, I can't believe I just did a southern accent, but I did. So here we are now. It's okay. You were in South Carolina. I was in South Carolina. And Ned and I were there for a wedding. And we thought, okay, this is a great excuse to make a mini vacation out of this. We took three days off of work, got in late Wednesday night returned on Sunday, had kind of like a mini Sunday at home, and it was absolutely splendid. But one of my favorite things, okay, so uh, riddle me this. Hannah, have you ever been in on a vacation, you, you have a day where all of a sudden you like, you think, okay, so it's like 9 a.m., right? And you do like three or four different things, and you're like, oh, it has to be 1 p.m. Like, I've I've had brunch, I've been on this amazing stroll, I went to this bar, like, oh, like, it's got to be one. And then you check your clock, and you're like, it's only 11.30. <laughs> yes, I've had those moments for sure. That was my entire vacation, which was the best thing ever. Like, it was it was like, okay, the day is, like, almost over. Like, probably from anxiety of me not wanting the vacation to end, but I just kept being excited going, I still have more time here, which just, I think, shows how much fun I was having. Um, but I, I loved being in the sun. I loved eating a lot of oysters. I am paying the price now. Full transparency, my bowels did not appreciate me having oysters three days in a row. And I am still reaping, not the benefits, but the regrets of the oysters. I was, I was about to say something and I was going to spare you, but I'm not going to. What goes in slimy comes out slimy. Oh man, though I should I should have seen that one coming. You're right. I'm sorry. Right, no, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I've I've accepted. You know what's what's going on um, in my bowels right now. But it was worth it at the time, and it was just a really wonderful trip. Had great one on one time with Ned. Um, we get a lot of that at home, like in the evenings. But it was really nice to go to a new place and it kind of just like to be us and to have the floor to have a lot of really really great conversations and be like hey what do we want to do let's do it like we don't necessarily like it's so fun to be around friends and like have everybody weigh in but there's something special about just two people going to do something together um that was a lot of fun so that's my smoosh for sure great smoosh and you're so right it's different when you get that special time alone and it's different than being home and having quality time at home so i'm so glad you guys got that time and Me i too, love man. Connor and I both have family from there, so it's a special place to us. It is a special place, and I got to experience it for the first time actually as an adult back in March. And we probably talked about this before on the podcast, but with Hannah and Connor um, and a group of some of our other friends, and it was really special. And so to get to go back in the summertime, it being June now, it was um, kind of the perfect weather, which is weird. There was a breeze; it wasn't too hot. It was it was perfect. So couldn't have asked for a better trip. Um, So that was my smoosh for sure. Um, and I probably should have ended with that because my douche is like kind of it's like really sad. I'm I'm fine. Like I'm just gonna start with I'm fine. 
Um, but my family, like childhood dog died, passed away. And so like my, my parents are having a really, really hard time. Um, and Rico was our dog's name. Oh, Rico. I know. He's the sweetest boy. I know. So sweet. Like the sweetest dog ever. Half Shih Tzu, half Jack Russell Terrier. And he lived to be 14 and he just died of old age. Um, so we'd known it was so we'd known it was coming for some time, but my my mom, like it's really, really hit her hard. That's really hard to see. Um, because they had a really special relationship. Um, you know, Rico and I, like I love Rico, of course, because he's my my childhood you know dog and he was always around but he was more like a cat like he wasn't the most doggy dog and if and if Rico were here today I'm sure he'd be like hey I like doing my like kind of cat thing because that was like his vibe you know and so he was always by my mom's side really skittish but like just a sweet dog um a good dog and so we got him when I was in like eighth grade but that was my douche for sure so sad man sad that is so sad. I'm so sorry to hear that. This is the first I'm hearing of it. And that is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And like, I'm super sad. And like, I've had some family members, like, I think my mom had posted something on Facebook. So I've had some family members like reach out to me and I've been like, hey, like, that's so sweet. Like, y'all put that love on my mom. Like, she really needs it right now. Like, she loves like that dog and her like super attached to so, like reach out. Like, not that I didn't love Rico. He's a great dog. Totally. I understand my one of my family dogs that we actually adopted when I was 16, maybe 15 or 16. So young, um, <clears throat> we adopted him back then and he passed away last year. And I had another dog who passed away before that when I was maybe 21, I think. And that was, I mean, just gut wrenching. It was my first dog that I ever had. And I was gut wrenched. And and when Sammy, the adopted dog passed away last year, it was so sad, but I would have anticipated being more sad because I was really attached to him. And he had a lot of behavioral issues because he was beaten before he came to us. Mm. And uh, I was the one that definitely like fought to keep him so that we didn't return him and uh definitely was attached so I expected to be a lot more sad than I was but I think because I already had Eddie my corgi it was almost like I'm sad but at the same time he was so sick and he's in a, he's he's no longer in pain and was mm-hmm. able to see it with a little bit more context because I had another dog that I already was attached to and loved that was mine and I wonder if that makes a difference to like already have does. another I, I I think it does um because you know I have luxury and Grizz too so it's I'm super attached to my dogs and like I haven't lived in my parents house since yeah. like it's been almost 10 years since I've lived with them so um it like makes it makes sense as to why I wouldn't be as emotionally upset but it's it is hard like watching a family member like lose a, a close dog or yourself losing like a close yes. dog um, or cat or any type of pet, it's really, it, it sucks. And, and, and I'm speaking like, of course I lost my family dog, but I've never lost a dog that I had like a, a significant attachment to. Yeah. And that's how my first, the first dog that we had Zeke, he was our uh, black lab that I grew up with from the age of like six until 21. And Mm. I was there when we had to put him down and it was like the, one of the (sighs) hardest things. If you dig through the internet and look through 
and find in the the recesses of the internet my old blog. I did a blog post about it because it was so heartbreaking mm-hmm. for me because he was literally my best friend when I was so lonely growing up. But now, like when when Sammy had passed away, our second dog, I had already had another dog of my own that was like as special to me. I mean, he's probably even more special to me now than I don't know about that, but he's equally as special to me as Zeke was. So. You know, I, I wonder if that just makes a big difference when you have one that's that's yours. And you had been gone for, t- I mean, ten years is a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. Um, and 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 maybe I would have felt differently if I had been, you know, closer closer to the to when I had moved out. You know, um, but that would definitely be the low for the week. Um, and I and I wish I wouldn't have ended on it because it's. <laughs> you know what though? It's okay. Because we're transitioning into stories about yes. minimum wage jobs, m- minimum-ish wage jobs, uh, minimal-ish, wa- whatever, and also <laughs> babysitting and other things that are jobs that you acquire uh, that are typically low-paying that Jackie and I have both had. And Ooh. I was telling Jackie before we get into it that a lot of the stories about this era of my life, I did a lot of babysitting and I worked for a summer camp, uh, neither of which paid above minimum wage for the most part. Uh, and most of the stories from those things are like repressed in my mind. And I don't know why, like I can't think of funny stories. And I know that when she gets started, that hopefully some will uh, unfold for me. So she's going to kick us off in this topic. Are you ready for minimum-ish wage jobs? I'm definitely ready for minimum-ish wage jobs. Love it. I've had some super interesting um stories and i'm probably each each of them equally as interesting like i would put them all in their like own categories so tonight when we're podcasting like obviously i'm not going to tell all three right now but over the course of this podcast i'll probably share all three i can give you kind of the overarching subject of each or like field i would call it so like one is like monkey joe's or so like Chuck E. Cheese kind of like vibes ish bouncy house. Oh, man. Like what would you overarching like child birthday party slash I have to dress up in a character costume. That is one subject. Did you know this about me, Hannah? Vaguely, yes. Okay. So that's one section. Second section at a dress boutique, which I had a crazy situation happen there. And then third, I would say I babysat so much growing up that I just there was this one kid I babysat for which was like wow interesting times so that will be like my third like minimum wage perfect. subject perfect I actually do have a brief comment when you give your monkey Ooh. Joe story because I'll get to it later so I if you want to start there and then I can comment along the way because I have spent some time in monkey Joe's have you oh my god I'm gonna say that one more time I've spent some time there but I have not worked there. May I ask the years you were there? So I went with a child in 20... <laughs> spring of 20... Mm, fall of 2012, spring of 2013. Oh my God. I, I think that that was when I was Monkey Joe. No. Like, I'm not freaking kidding no. you, man. <laughs> I'm it almost was my certain, senior year bro. of high school, and I was sort of like on call. I wasn't a nanny, but I was basically treated like a nanny. Like this woman would message me right before she needed me and be like, "Come babysit my kid right now," and I'd be like, "I'm 
an adult and I'm driving and I have plans, but also I need money. So anyway, so I would go babysit basically on call for this child. And we went to Monkey Joe's a couple of times. I remember at this time of my life, I was reading Charles Dickens for fun. And I was reading Tale of Two Cities at Monkey Joe's probably this, probably the fall or spring of fall of 2012, spring of 2013. I can't quite put my finger on it, but that's that's I'm going to have to look back in time and we'll put some pictures up of me as Monkey Joe, which. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. Okay. Before you get into the story, lay the scene because maybe Monkey, I don't know how um, universal Monkey Joe's is for people that aren't from our area. I don't know where the brand goes or where, what it's reaching. So can you let the listeners know what Monkey Joe's is and, and lay some groundwork? I will lay some groundwork. So Monkey Joe's as a business, and then I'll get to Joe, Monkey Joe himself. Monkey Joe's as a business is a bouncy house warehouse that would be located behind a Dollar Tree, a Target in like an old like shipping center or warehouse that would need to be like repurposed or someone like rented it out. And they're like, okay, we're going to get a bunch of castles. Um, like um, mazes or whatever that you do, all these inflatables essentially. Hannah's <laughs> laughing, and I'm, I'm children's trying not inflatables. to laugh. Children's inflatables. Oh my god, sorry, children. Jeez. Okay, let me lead with this. this is eight places <laughs> for children. Oh dear God, help us. This is a place for children, not adults. The only adults I mean, that are Monkey there. Monkey Joe's kind of sounds ambiguous, so I mean, I had to make it clear. You're right. You're right. It does sound ambiguous. And I need to protect your reputation as Monkey Joe. (laughs) Thank God it was only Monkey Joe. No side characters. No side characters. As far as we know. Not the like the mixed standalone icon. The well-known Monkey Joe. It was like Chuck E. Cheese's except with inflatables. And Chucky like had a band, I guess you could say. But like Monkey Joe doesn't have a band. Like he's a solo act. Exactly. He's a solo act. So it's a children's inflatable bouncy house place that also has these like rooms with windows. <laughs> oh my god. For parties, for birthday parties, for birthday parties. God, okay. But okay. I'm just gonna or clear the sad babying experiences when you have nothing better to do with the children. Yes. Thank you. So there were rooms that you could book for a birthday party. Um, and so one summer. And they have like concessions and stuff. So like if the kids are like jumping and they like are getting hot or they're getting like all riled up, it's like, hey, Johnny, hey, Sally, go get yourself like a pop. Go get yourself like a slushy and you go and a you pop? get. <laughs> are you oh, from Atlanta? I I guess not. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Um, <laughs> you're from the Northeast. We all know it. Yeah, I am, I guess, at heart. Some ancestors are probably, probably from there. but. Essentially, my friend Megan is working there over the summer. I, I really do think it was summer 2013, if I'm not mistaken. I think I was going into senior year or I was going into college. Okay, I can't, so I will I can't say recall. if it was the summer, I wouldn't have been there because I was a camp counselor that oh, summer. Bummer it would have been the fall and no. spring of fall of 2012, spring of 2013, because my senior year, I dual enrolled at a local college and took college courses. And I had okay. a and like a random schedule so I could babysit during the day. So that's why I was taking kids oh, to Monkey Joe's in the middle of the day oh and reading whoa. Charles Dickens for pleasure. That means you didn't see me as Monkey Joe. 
We can just pretend, honestly. Let's just pretend we cross paths. Yes, yeah, so uh, we cross paths. Again, listeners, uh, Jackie and I did not know each other back then. So we did not. And we lived in the same area, which is sliding really. Doors. Sliding doors here. Uh, sliding doors. And so my friend Megan from high school was like, hey, Jackie, I make bank. I said, dude. I said, dude, dude, what do you do, man? And she said, oh, well, I work at this place called Monkey Joe's. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, tell me more about this place. Turns out it was like two miles from my house, not even less than a mile. So this is what would happen, right? I got the job and we'd go in for summer. And I go, Megan, Megan, how are you making? I mean, she would tell me the amount of money she was making. I said, there's no way you're making that amount of money at Monkey Joe's. Like, what are you doing? You got to have a side hustle. Like, you got to have something I'm really not understanding you, you bro. And she's like, Jackie, Jackie, the money's all in the parties. I said, what do you mean, Megan? She goes, you will not believe the way these families tip for birthdays. Okay, can I interject for a moment? Go for it. To give context for where this place is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start with that. I'm jumping the gun. Well, the reason I'm giving context for where this place is, is because it's lodged in the middle of one of the wealthiest zip codes in the state of Georgia or in the Southeast altogether. So these kids' parents are probably pretty often very well off, and I can imagine that the tips would be ever flowing. They were awesome, but you sort of had to fight with your coworkers to be able to be like a party host. Oh, drama. I know you'd have like five or six like monkey joans i guess you'd call us did you all wear costumes so no unless duty called so what was your uniform so oh let me describe monkey joe oh my gosh i haven't described monkey joe it's okay we're here now we're here now we're doing this so monkey joe was probably like if you saw him in real life if you were to google how tall is monkey joe i'd imagine he's like (laughs) seven or eight feet Kind of like Peppa Pig, you know that weird thing where they're like, "How tall is Peppa Pig?" And then you, yeah, and Peppa Pig is huge, so very I picture, large. I picture Monkey Joe being that height, but obviously, when you're wearing the costume, the head essentially came like up above my head, sort of in a way. Like it was very uncomfortable to wear because it smelled like sweat, number one, and, mm-hmm. and feces and urine, sort of. I mean, I'm being serious. Like it was, I believe so you, putrid that it made me want to get sick when I had to wear it. I only had to be Monkey Joe, like. <laughs> two or three times but it is what it is so monkey joe right he wears so he's purple he has great hair great flow going on um he's smiling he has a huge smile i think he's doing a thumbs up i think he's wearing a yellow sweatshirt with mj on it in red with green pants and converse <laughs> my dumb self was about to be like why is he repping michael jordan <laughs> Are you serious? He said right MJ, now? and I was like Michael Jordan. Because no, he was. I'm just kidding. No, it was 23 on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, he may have. I'm sure it was somewhere on the costume to be funny. I don't know. But so every now and then, I'd have to put on Monkey Joe, and you would have to wear Monkey Joe if there was not another male colleague working with you, and if it was like if it was like one. Like, I, and I think it was just because the guys were like, I don't care. At the time, the guys were like, I don't care if, like, I smell like sweat. Like, I'm going to put the suit on. We're like, okay. But if it was just me working, which was sometimes a thing, or me and another coworker, we would, like, fight over, hey, was it, like, your, did you wear Monkey Joe last time? Or, like, is it my turn to wear Monkey Joe? And you couldn't see 
like anything and you would just have kids you'd put this thing on it feels like 180 degrees in there like I kid you not and you were working in Atlanta in the summer yeah no air conditioning is good enough to keep the humidity out no picture me walking around barely able to see anything in this place and children are just running up to me and some are running away because they're so scared of monkey joe if they're you know really small they're like ah monkey joe get away from me oh, no. and some are like monkey joe monkey joe let me jump all over you scary scary so that that is terrifying yeah and so when i really look back and i'm like was it worth the few times i got a huge tip to be monkey joe Sure, at the time it was, but looking back, I'm like, well, I guess for the story, the story was good. Um, until though, there was a time. This is disgusting. So, like, warning. Yeah. Sorry. Do you have I'm, any comments? I, well, I, I was thinking of a comment, and then I oh oh here's my comment. While you were telling that story, I was envisioning it like a rom or not a rom com, like a sitcom where you have footage of the person inside the costume and you can like see their face and see their reactions and how terrified they are of the little children chasing them down or crying at them and how you just are like so overstimulated and I just wish I had video footage that's really all I wanted to say I wish I did too because then we could put it up on the Instagram and people could see me walking around I don't want the outside footage I want the GoPro footage of your face inside the costume yes yes. running away from these children (laughs) I don't think you would have wanted to see it I don't think you would have wanted no, to see I my No, I really face. do. I really want to see, like, I can see, I can see the show. I can see the kids chasing you down. It's a really overstimulating audio environment where there's so many loud noises because I've been there and I know how loud it is in that place. And then you're also hearing it echoey in this head costume situation that you're wearing mm-hmm. and you're sweating and you're panicking and it smells. So you're like so bad. You're just like miserable. So you can see the kids outside and then you can see your reactions, it keeps cutting to the kids and keeps cutting to your panic inside. And it's just a play on the fact that the kids have no idea that there's a human being inside of this thing and that you're miserable and that you would rather be anywhere else. And just the irony of that, because these kids are worshiping you or terrified of you when really it was just a high school girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't Monkey Joe. Um, for all you Gen Zers who are grown up now. <laughs> I know, seriously, if you're out there, Gen Z, we oh, hear you. Gosh. Um, yeah, but the worst part about the job, I would say, was not necessarily the costume itself, but the cleaning. Oh, no. Did you have to clean Are the bathrooms? So I'm, like, pretty much game for anything in terms of cleaning because I love to clean. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I could, like, you know, may have, I don't know, there's sweat, there's there's trash, kid left his his soda can on the on the inflatable you got to climb in there get it out before you deflate the inflatables and then vacuum the whole place hope to get out of there by eight to see a movie that kind of stuff did you have to deflate them every day oh yeah yeah every day they have to, we have to clean them so we, oh. we have to wipe down the inflatables oh my god this was pre-covid too so this is like people are like still like hey, we need these things clean because so many kids are on them. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I, I like to vacuum. I'd put my headphones in. I'd be like, vroom, 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 going around back and forth, picking up the popcorn and trash and stuff. But where I drew the line was when I walked into the bright green Monkey Joe's bathroom and the entire sink was filled with puke. And by the entire sink... I mean, like, it looked like somebody, y'all forgive me, this is disgusting, 
it looked like somebody had dumped chili into like the sink basically oh no and i went out like i almost threw up and i went out i'll never forget this sight the rest of my life and i went out and it was like it was like red and brown and stuff and i and i went out and i said i am not cleaning that and i think it was me and the owner and i was like i am not like you know i said i can't i will get sick i cannot clean this there would just have been more chili <laughs> he on the floor and then he would have had to clean the floor and the sink and both. i'm like yeah, and I'm like, do you want to clean both or do you want to just clean the sink for me? Question, do you think that this child had come from Wendy's? Actually, now that you say that, most likely, because there was a Wendy's. Wasn't oh, there a Wendy's? no. There's a Zaxby's. There was a Fazoli's, too, for some Oh, time. there used to be, but it was gone by the time Monkey Joe's was there. Then? Zaxby's filled the Fazoli's facility. There was Zaxby's across the street, but they don't have chili. I wonder oh. if maybe it was Panera and it was soup from Panera. Right across oh, the street. A chili bread Ooh, that's bowl. Bad. Yeah, that's really bad. Oh, jeez. You know oh, what? Jackie, that I'm you so sorry it. for your experience. It did look like that. Oh, yeah, it probably was. So, Everybody was eating at Panera back then. It was the hot spot of Johns Creek, Georgia. Glorified hospital food. Tell me I'm wrong. I think it used to be better like decades ago. And then for the past like two decades, yes. Check yes. Oof, I used I, to study I, there a lot in high school. I would get those smoothies, which were basically just like yogurt that's mm-hmm. all it was i thought i was being healthy little yeah. did i know I, I thought i was being healthy getting the broccoli and cheddar in a bread bowl me too i would I get the mac it. and cheese in a bread bowl sometimes which is really embarrassing but it was like the cool <laughs> thing to do no that's great that's great it was that's delicious great. but it was also like <laughs> why get mac and cheese which is already basically bread pasta is like fully that <sighs> Like I, I needed balance, people. I needed some greens, mm. you know. Like who is there telling me to get some fiber? Your heart. Current Hannah would be teaching uh, past Hannah a lesson, like I had to teach Connor. <laughs> I have him. I have him on. <laughs> he tells me that I have him on. I'm like the fiber police on the fiber agenda. That's hilarious. Okay, all that to say, so they went presumably to Panera, and then they just destroyed your life. Yeah, and like. Honestly, that was like the worst I had seen. And then afterward, either I went back to senior year or I went back to college. But it is funny. So whenever I hear sometimes working in, um, I don't know, now being an adult on the business world, they'll be like, can you believe this person worked here? That person worked here or something like somebody will have. And, and not that anybody's like necessarily being pretentious. Like they'll be like, oh, we're like just getting resumes in. This person works like at this restaurant or something like, I don't know. And I said, y'all. Okay, anything is possible. I'm like, you can do what you can. Well, number one, you can do whatever you want. Like, who cares? Like, go for it. But I'm like, no, do not, do not, do not dare shit on this. I was like, no, that's character building. And it's likely that that person built up character that they're going to use in your workplace, like Monkey Joe or Chuck E. Cheese or wherever. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that uh, if people are going to be pretentious about minimum wage jobs, they're wrong because those are the most thankless jobs that nobody appreciates and they are hard, hard, hard to do because you deal with annoying people all day, being disgusting and taking advantage of you because they don't respect you. That is the real work right there, in my opinion. I yeah I get I get fired up if people ever say anything about minimum wage jobs like I I'm like no 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 like 
these people are absolutely incredible. And, 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 and a lot of the times too, I'm like, their job is 100% harder than my job in a lot of ways. A lot of the time, absolutely. And I will not, we don't need to deviate into this conversation too much, mm-hmm. but our economy depends on minimum wage jobs. And what would we do if our restaurants weren't staffed? What would we do if we didn't have people filling the jobs that hold up our infrastructure? Well, uh, we would really be, we would have some issues. And so we need to be thankful for the people that are doing that work and for our past selves that have done that work. I completely agree. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, I should like, oh, because I had a minimum wage job, like I'm holier than thou or something like like, like that. And I don't think that you think that I'm saying that, but I want to make oh, that. No, 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 not at all. I think it's, I think really the moral of the story that I think both of us are trying to tell is just like, just be grateful because one, people are busting their asses to do that work and just treat them with respect. Every human deserves respect until they prove that they you know, don't or whatever, but give people respect and treat them with dignity and don't assume anything about someone just because of the position they have in their job, whatever job that may be. I don't care if they're the CEO of a massive firm or company or they're working at McDonald's. Those people deserve equal amounts of respect and they are equally important in this world. So that's all I care about. That's what that's with my two cents. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I will call it back to my comment really quickly because I do want to clarify when I said this about character development is like, of course, character development is present. And and again, I'm deviating the conversation, but it's present. What we're here for. It is what we're here for. Just a couple of real conversations go. Yeah, they're they're never they're structured ish. They are structured ish. And so. Um, you know, I mentioned character development. Obviously, character development is going to take place in any job you have, not just minimum wage. Okay, any job that's going on, I'm sure there's character development there. Like, I would be shocked if there wasn't. But I, I think what I more so meant is like, hey, if someone's going to make a comment like that, just put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And and you can say that in, in any setting that you're in. But like, just be mindful of others, to your point, Hannah. It's like, recognize those people, um, you know. And I could flip the switch and I could flip the conversation and say, hey, recognize people that are, you know, on the other side of an industry that you wouldn't ordinarily think about. So just mindfulness. Yeah, mindfulness is so important. And I think, yeah, I just think that's that's the key here. And just remembering that I know personally that I've mentioned this before, that my job, I don't ever want that to be the totality of who I am. That's just not some people may really, really care about their job to the point of that that's what they want to be known for. And that's not a bad thing. But I personally don't want that to be my identity. So when I look at other people, I want to make sure that I give them that same license to not just be defined by the work that they do. And that doesn't mean it's the work that they do doesn't factor in. I think that we should care about what people are doing and and ask and have genuine interest. But know that they're more than that and know that regardless of what we all do for work, that we're all just out here trying to pay our bills. Like ultimately, that's what we're doing trying to survive and like it's going to make us all be able to make it through life a little bit easier and a whole lot better if we can just help each other and just try to understand somebody else's perspective. Absolutely. And I think on that lovely note, are you ready for your next story? I am, but do you have a story in response? Has this kickstarted about camp memories? Memories or? No. So that my story in response was that I used to hang out there and I was wondering if you would have been there. So I um, I did have this kid that I babysat. As I mentioned, I was basically on call, not an official nanny, but basically on call for my whole senior year of high school because I was taking college courses. 
to uh, babysit during off hour, like daily hours during the, during the school day and stuff like that for a 10 year old. And he, he was a lot of fun. I will say (laughs) we used to, um, it was just him and he had two older brothers that were around sometimes, but really I was responsible for the 10 year old and he would want to play football, but it would just be the two of us. So we would go into the backyard with a football and we'd play against each other, but we'd have to throw the ball to ourselves. It was it was quite the experience. You can understand how we got to a point where we needed to go to Monkey Joe's for additional entertainment. Oh, gosh, yeah. Just let him, hey, dude, go take all that energy and go beat the crap out of Monkey Joe. <laughs> I actually really liked when we, Oh, yeah. I, I liked when, sh- when the mom would give us permission to go places because it meant that I could let them have fun, watch them, make sure they were okay. But then I could, like I said, read my Charles Dickens uh, Tale of Two Cities while I was there. So I could do my own thing while also doing my job. And I actually really appreciated that. So um, that was my little tie-in to Monkey Joe's. I was hoping that we would have crossed paths. But I think my senior year, you started right after my senior year since I'm a year older than you. Yeah. and and. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been there, uh, during the spring or fall. So that makes sense. But I can picture exactly where you're sitting. We have these like green picnic table type things that were built for the outside. They didn't even have like the indoor ones. So that was confusing too. Well, and they didn't really have outdoor space because they were tucked behind a Hobby Lobby. Like it was just like very hidden. Hobby Lobby. Yeah. I was thinking it was a Dollar Tree, but you're right. There's a Dollar Tree there too. It's Hobby Lobby and Dollar Tree. And there used to be a, uh, a Stevie B's pizza place there, too. There did. And there used to be Yokohama. You remember that? The no, I don't, place? actually. No, I don't. My family went to the one uh, a little bit north of there. So we never made our way there. Kenpai? Huh? Are you talking <laughs> about the one north of there? You go to no, it was, uh, it was um, Connie House was where we Ooh, would go. Connie House is good. Okay. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> little uh, plug for John's Creek Hibachi. It was actually yummy. like we'd go for every birthday because it could fit our whole family and it oh. was just easy. It's a crowd pleaser. And they give you those little sorbets at the end. Oh man, I always get green tea ice cream. It's my favorite. Yes, me too. Heck yes. Watching. It's a hack. Ask for the green tea ice cream. You'll thank okay. us. Yes. Yes, you will. Um, so sort of parlaying from are are we done with Monkey Joe's? Close. Yeah, the you end. can move into your next story. So just a, a little bit of a insight. My brothers all worked minimum wage jobs. And for some reason, because I was a very serious student, my parents let me out of it uh, because I babysat. So I've just got my money through babysitting and studying. I guess they just gave me a pass for that. And then uh, I worked my minimum wage essentially at camp. So as, as we talk through this, I may have some camp stories here and there, but I want you to move into your next story. Okay. About no, retail. that's good context. That's good context. Um, Yes. So retail. So I used to work for a boutique. A boutique? A boutique. When was this? 2011. So I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and I worked at Francesca's at the Forum. Oh my gosh, the one at the Forum? I did. I worked there. Dude, Jackie, I probably saw you there. I used to oh, shop there. Dude, all the time. I probably so checked we did you cross out. Out. You probably did. You probably did. That was like the place to go was that in fabric which everybody yeah, called yeah, yeah, fabric yeah. which is right know. yeah it's not right it's fabric with a k i called it that until like 2022 so i did too i did too i think you're the one that like awakened me i was like you were somebody like somebody made me feel awkward <laughs> about it so i was just trying to spread the word 
So it's spelled F-A-B-R-I-K. With a, um, there's an apostrophe in between the B and the R. Yeah. So everybody called it fabrique, like chic, you know, like boutique, but really it was fabric, like a brick. Fabric, like fabulous Richard. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's what it is. It's fabulous. Precisely. Richard. Precisely. So, okay, but we're not at fabric. We're setting the scene. We're across, we're across the way at the forum at the lovely Francesca's where I got most of my wardrobe growing up. Dude, you, I totally like, you totally would have come in. And and I worked during the school year and in the summer. So oh, yeah. facts. I would have seen you. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Totally. Wow. This is like the first time we're connecting on this too. This is really fun. Can I tell you something? I oh don't remember gosh, you being too. there. I can't remember you being there. But what I will say is I was always so intimidated by the girls working there because I thought they were so cool. I was well, like, if they come up and talk to me, I don't know how to talk to them because I don't feel like I can make eye contact with such royalty. Well, guess what? I was intimidated too working there with them. I felt like a fraud. I'm serious. I'm serious. I was very intimidated. And the only girl that I liked, oh, and I, I'm trying to remember her name. What was her name? Oh, it started with it started with an N. It was such a beautiful name. I can't remember it. But she was hilarious and so much fun. Mm, I'm gonna think of it. I'm gonna think of it soon. You'll find it. She was the only one that made me feel comfortable in my own skin. Everybody else was like college girl, like do not mess with me like I think I'm hot shit and I was like a mere high school student and I was like oh, I'm just trying to figure out I just like pretty clothes like please be nice to me and yeah I, I get that because those girls were straight up scary like they were actually scary very intimidating like like almost like you would look at them and be like you are probably like if I was to like do a stereotype or something like you were probably in like this top soror like you know this like oh the sorority you know and I was in high school oh I know exactly what you mean yeah, I, I was exactly like oh, I'm really sure honestly at that time in high school when you see girls that are in college you just think that they're like cool no matter what just because they're college age for the That's most so part true. and they probably were relatively fashionable because they're working at a boutique and you know mm-hmm. they were spending their money on that because that's what I was doing I was supposed oh, to be yeah. spending my money on gas but I was However, on gas. Oh yeah. I'm actually glad I never worked at a boutique because I would have spent all my money that I made on clothes, like straight up just would have been a problem. That's what I did. And I got in trouble. <laughs> but did. you probably got some good clothing for that time. 2011. What was in style? Like, uh, I'll put up a picture of me working there. Boot- no, that was later. Uh, skirts with belts. Oh yeah. Those were huge. Yeah, yeah. There were some cowboy boots too. Um, I got my cowboy boots, I want to say, from Francesca's before I went to college, so in 2013. And that's when I was, I think, was I still working there? You were at Monkey Joe's in 2013. I was at Monkey Joe's. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. I got you. Thank I'm following you. your keep timeline. Me in check. You know, keep me in check. I remember, and this is how I realized I'm somewhat of a good negotiator. At least I think I am. But my dad would be like, you're supposed to use this money for gas, Jackie. And I would be like, yeah, dad, but think about all the money I'm saving that you don't have to spend on clothes for me. That probably equates Brilliant. to more money than what I'd be spending on gas, which was probably not true at the time. But he was like, actually, good point. But then every time that I would ask for him to pay for my gas, he'd be like, why aren't you paying for your gas? So it was just kind of this constant me being like, hey. You had to keep reminding him, hey, dad, remember I'm saving you money because you're not having to spend money on my clothes. I did. I did. Um, I tried to bamboozle my way out of that. It all worked out just fine. Um, dad, if I, you're listening, I, 
Thanks for paying for my gas. Yes, seriously. My parents didn't give me any budget for clothing. Like, love them to death, but they knew I had a problem and they would not indulge it. Yeah. So I didn't get to live out my fashion dreams till I started making my own money. And you're living them out now, honey. Trying. Fashionista. (laughs) Fashionista. Um, So crazy story about Francesca's, which I'm just going to jump into. Okay. So Francesca, I don't know her personally, but this, uh, that was weird. Is it named after a person named Francesca? I mean, that's, I mean, logically Um, would be the case. I would think so. But I... There was no Francesca there working. Um, It was just me, the girl with the N name. So I'm just going to call her N because I can't remember her name. But she was so nice to me. Um, And then there were a few other girls. I can't remember the name. They just scared scared the crap out of me. So there was one day that we were working. And now let me set the scene for you. So this is at the forum. Yes, I know it well. Yes, you do. I'm sure we passed each other multiple times there too. In middle school and high school. It was the first, just for context, it was the first like outdoor shopping mall in the, in the uh, Northeastern Atlanta suburbs. So everybody hung out at the forum. Yeah. Everybody was there Um, during the week on weekends. There were a bunch of restaurants, but it was all very like open concept, but not to the point where there was like turf and you could like drink on the turf and that kind of thing. It was like a parking lot was in the center. And then what was around the perimeter of the parking lot was all of these shops that you could think of think of um and so francesca's was at sort of close to the very end of one side that was like more on the south side of the forum near belk and mambo italiano yes i got food poisoning from that place twice oh no different they story. got closed i loved that place but it was always a little bit sketchy i have a different story about that place too on oh. my 21st birthday we'll get into that another time oh shoot okay that we do restaurant great. stories sometime Put a pen in it. Yes. Hold, please, you guys. It's coming. Future content. It's coming. Yes, it's going to happen. Um, so what happened was I was working. Oh, gosh. It must have been. It was a Saturday or a Sunday. And it was daylight out. So, like, there weren't, you know, there weren't a lot of people coming in the store. Maybe, maybe, maybe one, one an hour. So I was on, like, a six-hour shift or something like that. Can I ask you a side question? Sure. It, was it ever awkward when it was just one person in the store? Oh, all the time. All the time. I feel awkward as a shopper when it's just me and the person oh, yeah, yeah, working yeah. there. I and I'm trying to like awkward. send them waves of like, don't talk to me because I don't want you to feel like you have and to. I could feel them. I could feel the waves. But I, just I was want also them, putting them out. That's what I, I want them to know. Like I'm sending comfort waves of just get on your phone and don't pay attention to me because I don't like when people talk to me while I'm shopping. Um, so I, I hope that people Same. get the vibe of like, I want you to be negligent because I, it would make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I get that completely. Um, and I was putting off those vibes too, just kind of going, Hey, I want to make you feel comfortable because I know you're the only person here. So take your time, look through the clothes, you know, do your thing. Um, and at this time on this day I was working, there had maybe, I mean, there, I don't even think there was a person in the store with us at this point. Well, there was this man. We had seen him before. Still broad daylight, right? Apparently, like, I probably worked two or three shifts a week after school um, and then on a Saturday or Sunday, whatever. And, you know, we would see him walk by. Okay, did you ever see the movie? This is really, like, a crazy comparison whoever's listening to this like i i I like our audience like i don't know if you'll know this movie it was the one with the kids see i don't even know the name oh my god 
wrong with me. Um, Explain it. There's a high chance I know this movie. Okay. It's like the man, there's like this old man that lived in a house and it's like really weird cartoon animation. It's kind of like Stephen King-ish, but it's like the man's name is like Mr. Nebercracker. You remember that? <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't a dream? No, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm going to look it up. Continue with the story. I'm going to okay. find it. Okay. Okay. Do it. Do it for us. And it was this really scary cartoon animation and we'll put it up. And it was this man who was like really tall and skinny. Are you pulling it up right now? Hannah's eyes are, they look like they found it and her face is smiling and she's laughing and wait, show it to me. Horace Nebercracker from Monster House. Monster House. Okay, Monster House is it. Okay, that was the name of the cartoon. Well, this guy looked exactly, and we're going to put his picture. She's holding it up to me right now. It's loading. It's loading. It's loading. The anticipation is killing me. We're going to a different website. Basically, okay. Oh, my God. That was, he was wearing that same outfit, which I'm about to describe and how I reacted Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you, this man would come by every now and then. He's he's probably, okay, tall, Caucasian male, very lanky, um, very, like, you would look at him and be like, that man looks kind of scary. Sorry, no offense. He just looked kind of, like, he was looming, and he had this saunter about him, but he'd always walk really close to our windows. So we had, like, floor-to-ceiling, huge glass windows like you would see at a mall, so it's like, there are no curtains covering that. Like whoever's looking in can see inside and can see what's going on. So every day he would walk by, walk by, walk by, walk by, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Very concerning. Every day. Um. So the girl I worked with and she told me that every shift she was on, he would do that. And I would probably see him once or twice a week. That is bizarre. That's bizarre. So it got to the point where one Saturday or Sunday, he comes up to the window. Like, picture a man coming up to this window, smacking his hands. Like, he's taking both of his hands in the air, and he smacks them against the window and rubs them down like a horror movie. Like, I'm not kidding you. And then he puts his face up to the glass and, like, sticks his tongue out. Disgusting like terrifying did he lick the glass um basically Ew. like his tongue wasn't on the glass but he was like kind of looking like looked like he was licking the glass then he was like he like would walk away and then he would come back and then he would just be staring and then he'd be smiling and laughing like i'm telling you scariest thing i've ever seen so i am at I'm pretty close to the window, like rearranging some clothes, and I see this happening, and I start screaming, and, and, and. I wish I remembered her name, but I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Cause she's, there's no one in the store. She's in the back of the store working on like something. Like she can't see me. I can't see her. She's restocking clothes, doing whatever in this back room. So I am by myself. Yes. She comes running out and she goes, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She's like, I've got to call, I've got to call the, the security, the mall security or whatever. And so she dials and she's like, tell them, like, she's like losing her mind. So she said, tell them he's wearing. So this is what I heard because I'd never heard, you know, like when guys wear like the, the skinny white tank tops, they're called wife beaters. Yes. So I had never heard that in my life. That oh. Term. 
So I'm she's proud of you for escaping that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it didn't serve me well at the time because I'm on the phone with the mall security and she's going, I, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, like, ah, uh, she's like, tell them. She's like screaming in the phone, tell them because he's still outside being weird and like walking back and forth as this exchange is happening. He's still outside. And she's like, tell them, tell them he's wearing. And I heard a white beaded shirt. I didn't know what she's saying. So I'm telling the police or the mall security, he's wearing a white beaded shirt. And she's like, what are you saying? No, no, no. Oh, a white beard. And like, I was just not hearing her right. And all this to say, the security takes him away and they said like he's been a problem he had been a problem in the community yes but he was picture this a wife beater so like whatever a white beaded shirt a white beaded shirt he's in a white beaded shirt he's at an edm festival he was literally and yes he's literally in khaki pants that are up to his like above his belly button and this man is like six foot four six foot five oh i did not anticipate that Oh, oh lanky terrifyingly tall terrifyingly tall and he was like pressing himself up against the window he was doing all sorts of weird gestures with his hands nothing that was like overtly i feel like my eyes feel like they're they've been you know what i mean like uh what's the right word like i don't feel like i need to wash my eyes out with soap just yet gotcha he was just flailing his arms okay Yeah, so it was crazy. Can you believe that happened there? Oh, and have you maybe considered that that was Connor from the future coming back to tell you, Jackie, I need your help to save the world. Okay, I can tell you this much. This man did not resemble Connor whatsoever. So, (laughs) okay, congratulations. (laughs) Amazing. For those of you that don't know Connor, he is six four and it like (laughs) he was old and coming back to ask Jackie for help to save the world. Let me tell you, this guy looked exactly like Horace Nebacracker, but you just Googled, and we will put him, we will put him on our Instagram. We will we will put a photo of Monster House of what this guy looked like. Yes, we will, because it's disturbing. I mean terrifying. Like I still like I think about that every now and then and I'm like that was scary. Um did he ever come back after that? So when I wasn't on shift, he came back again and then they had to call the police or the mall security again and then he never came back after that. So it was very much like it happened one more time after I me and and had called and then so it was just it was just crazy. I know, I know. So that's one of my other wild stories from working at a boutique. The Dude, most memorable moment. That is extremely memorable. Memorable, And I don't know why it just made me remember something that's unrelated, but similar of just observing people that are just Hit me doing their thing. So when I worked for a summer camp, we had a big property that was open to the public for the most part. And then during camp hours, it was closed. And there was this person, there were a lot of people that would come there and work out before camp hours and from the community around us. And there were people that would, um, I don't want to hate on this because it's probably a real thing. And like, it's probably very respectable. However, there were people that would go near trees in the parking lot and would do like martial arts on the trees. Mm. 
without making real contact. And we'd walk past and they would just keep going. They were very dedicated to their craft. However, it took a lot of effort for me to not laugh because I was a child and disrespectful. But it also um, was like, you know, like understandable like as a kid. Judo chopping a tree. And I just didn't, I didn't get it. And also like the balls it takes to do that in public and not give any shits what anybody thinks. Mad respect. Mad respect. Because I don't know if I, if I could do that. People that just are able to be weird in public and not weird. That's not the, necessarily the right term for what I'm describing. But what you describe, that's like, that's weird. Um, it's just a, it's a next level of unlocking maybe confidence or neuroses. I don't really know uh, that I cannot conceive. A boldness. It's bold. It Wait, I also bold. should have informed you that this guy was like, in his late 60s, early 70s. Did I mention that? You didn't, but I got it from the picture. Okay. Yeah, he looked exactly like that, except like a lot taller than the picture, the guy in the picture, the cartoon in the picture. Maybe he was practicing martial arts at the camp. We'd be like in a big group walking to like fill up our water bottle or something. And there would be this, these people just in the parking lot shopping away. And I think they were probably getting centered, which is awesome. But we were just witnessing and like children just holding back. I thought you said they were, they probably should have been censored. I mean, you said maybe okay, I okay. said centered, but like maybe I could have meant censored. I don't know. I don't um, know. Yeah, there's there. Jeez, oh, jeez. Yeah, we did have a lot of people on camp property during camp hours that we had to kick off because it was during. I worked there during the time that uh, Pokemon Go took off, and like that first summer where it was huge was actually. Uh, one of the summers I worked at camp and there was a gym, if you guys know what that is, um, on multiple gyms on our property that people from the neighborhood would walk to and fight to win Pokemon. I don't really remember the, how it works that well. And, uh, for those of you out there that play it, I'm so sorry that I'm disrespecting it. However, uh, sorry, we had Ned. To kick the- <laughs> Ned and Connor, uh, we're ha- I had to like, we had to walk up to these people and kick them off of or out of the gym because it was camp property with all these children whose parents had like thousands of children whose parents had entrusted us with their children and there are these strange teenagers just wandering around on their phones oh fighting for the next portal yeah <laughs> that was common that was oh common. my gosh jeez man yeah it's like you it's it's weird it, you know you really subject yourself to just encountering being out in the world and just you know encountering people and there's some interesting situations that happen. You see some stuff, that's for sure. You do see some stuff. Um, well, I'm thinking about that Pokemon gym. Another thing that I had to do as a summer staffer at this camp, we had this massive water slide that we would do out on the property for the middle schoolers. And I worked for the third through fifth grade camp this summer, but we always had to go out and help. And one summer I ended up being um, in the director of the middle school camp. So I was responsible for it, but, uh, I got my introduction to this water slide the summer that I was working for the third through fifth grade camp. And essentially we'd put these massive tarps out with cinder blocks or sandbags on the side to keep it from moving. And then would send kids down it, um, and we would have hoses and water buckets that we're throwing on it to make sure that it remained, uh, 
remained wet so that the kids weren't skidding and like burning themselves on it. And one of the other ways that we made sure that it was uh, really slippery, and this is the worst part about it as a worker, is we had to put lard all over the tarp. Oh, so the first summer I did it, we used lard and not Crisco. Um, the next summer we used Crisco, but it's basically the same thing. We would get these massive jars of lard and we'd have to take it in our hands and spread it all over the tarp. And I started a whole pair of shoes that I bought for that summer got completely ruined by the lard. So I had to start bringing separate sets of clothes for that day because I'd have to change out of those clothes because they'd be covered in lard, which I don't know if you guys have touched lard, but it feels like Crisco, but make it like smellier and just like <clears throat> so creamy and gooey and nasty. And of course, it's Atlanta in the summer, so it's probably 96 degrees. And oh. it just was, it was disgusting. And then we'd put a ton of Dawn dish soap on top of it. And those two things mixed together created this like foamy fat. That was a recipe for disaster. <laughs> a recipe for disaster. We had these shirts we had to wear every day for the position that I was in, and they would get stiff from all this stuff. Like after you take it off, it would get stiff. Ugh. And it was just disgusting. And I will say those tarps always made me nervous. And that I don't think I mean we had some injuries here and there because we stopped using cinder blocks because some kids would run into them and get sliced open and there were some issues Oof. there. I don't remember if there's anything super serious. Uh, but we stopped using cinder blocks and solved it. But I was always terrified because I watched this episode of like what was it? Like a hundred ways you could a thousand ways you can die. Do you remember that show? I do. I do TV or something. Uh-huh. I remember growing up I caught an episode of it when it was, you know, like one of those days before streaming where you'd turn on the TV and whatever was in a marathon, you'd catch an episode. And in this episode of that, of A Thousand Ways You Can Die, there was a kid who did a slip and slide in his backyard and didn't clear the area. And there was a nail under the slip and slide <gasps> and it ripped open. Oh, I'm so sorry. Here's a oh, please, please stop listening. You're very um, afraid of these stories, but it <gasps> ripped open his body and his no. guts came out. Essentially, no, that's all I would say. Are so you serious? Every, oh, I'm serious. I'm <gasps> serious. Wait, wait. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that scarred me forever for obvious reasons. So then I watched that episode maybe in middle school and then uh, post high school. So in college, I was working at this camp mm. and making less than minimum wage per hour and putting all this lard on the tarp and preparing it and all of that. And then I'd be living in fear that these kids are going <gasps> to rip open their entrails. <laughs> I can oh just disgust I would be I, feeling the same way. I'm scared right now. And I thank you. Well, actually, there's a slip and slide. I don't know if you saw it. My neighbors next door have one in the front yard. Oh, I, I'll never, I will never stop thinking about that with slip and slides. And like Oof. I said, this a couple summers later, I was in charge of that age group's camp and we still did a slip and slide. And every week I was living in fear that that was going to happen. Thankfully, it never did. Um, kids, you know, had little injuries here and there, which I do take seriously, but was never anything massive. Um, the worst part about it was that leadership would have to go back out and clean it back up and spray down the tarps, clean them off, and then roll them back up. And by the end of the summer, those tarps were disgusting and they're rolled up and left outside and there were just like bugs and oh, it was just nasty. Sure they smelled really bad. They smelled terrible. There were bugs. There was all this nastiness and not even I, monkey joe can save you. No. And thankfully I never really had to do too much of the cleanup. I occasionally that first summer did some cleanup, but wasn't really ever my full responsibility. But you know, God bless those that did have to do it. And hats off to you. Stuff. 
Yeah. Goodness. The only other thing that I can think of that was just like really, really cumbersome at camp was we had the Zorb. If you guys have heard of Zorbs, they blow up big, massive blow up balls. This, oh, is, the, yeah. this is the theme of the episode, blow ups. Ooh. And uh, essentially you fill it with some water, you put, you put some kids inside of it. I think it was two or three kids. And then uh, it get pushed down the hill and we had trained professionals to do that portion. But then after that, we didn't have any mechanism to pull it back up the hill. So leadership had to push this like multiple hundreds of pounds uh, blow up up the hill. So it was like workout from hell. It was terrible. And I hated doing Zorb because it was out in direct sunlight. We're working around our feet all day. And then we're having to run up a hill with this huge object where you're just pushing it with your hands and rolling it like a hamster wheel up the hill. And it just like, it killed me. There was nothing better than when a guy would come up and be like, I'll take your Zorb block. And you're like, oh my God, I love you forever. Like this is, this is romance right here. Uh, <laughs> like, yes, please. Yes, please. Oh man, you guys. So that's, that was, uh, that's what that made me think of was the weird person in the parking lot. And then those cumbersome stories of nastiness and cleaning up, but oh, I want to hear your last one. It is nasty wassy. Okay. I will. Are we trying to go to Chick-fil-A tonight to get some ice cream or is that another night? So it's nine Oh seven. Okay. We got to move it. I want to hear your story. Gotta move it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make it really quick and then okay. we're going to go, we're going to make Chick-fil-A tonight. I have to doing it. I feel yeah. Nice. You guys, I, we've been mentioning it. We have still yet to go. So they Today's the day. We'll be fine. As long as we leave here by 9.35, 940, we'll be good. It's currently 9.07. Um, but I'm just like really wanting some Chick-fil-A ice cream right now. I echo that sentiment. Or we could go get the Grimace shake from McDonald's. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe we do that. <gasps> okay. Hey, Grimace is everywhere. <sighs> and I love it. We'll, we'll have to do like a McDonald's episode later. Ooh, yes. A McDanky Donks. A danky donk, as Hannah calls it. Thanks. That's what my uh, my brother calls it, and I I patent it for him. Thanks. The golden arches. Well, excuse me. I just had a little burp, burpy turp. Um, I will take this back to when I first started babysitting. There was a gal down the street. Um, she was probably I was thirteen, twelve or thirteen. Oh gosh, she was probably this kid was like five or six. Um, and she was like friends with my little brother and my little sister. And like, we knew the family really well. And it was like, okay, Jackie is like the go-to babysitter. I'm like, great. And they were very well off. Babysitting's good money because there's no taxes. I hate to exactly. say that, but it's great. And like at the time, so this would have been 2006, 2007, 2008-ish, 2008, 2006, 2008. You did start early. That's great. I did. And they were paying me like 20 bucks an hour. Holy smokes. At that time. Oh, I mean, I was making bank. So every time I'd go, I'd end the night and they'd give me like a hundred dollar bill. if I was there for five hours. I mean, wild stuff. I mean, my face is, my jaw has dropped because I, was, I, mean, I don't think I was ever paid that as a babysitter, oh, even when I was like crazy. a full grown adult. Well, it, it was wild and it was absurd because I was like 13 years old. I didn't need to be making that kind of money at all. Like I was like, I mean, I was appreciative of it. But because I've been babysitting her for like a year, you know, you get used to your salary. Uh, yeah. You get used to your hourly, you know, whatever. Um, so fast forward, I get a cell phone, right? I have my quick fire, which is like my one that pops up with a keyboard. It's like touchscreen, you know, it's orange. Oh, yes. I had a Voyager, which was very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm like excited, all excited about my new phone. Well. 
I go over and we do our usual. We, we, I come over, I go, okay, we're going to make your dinner. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to go watch a TV. Well, while we're watching TV, you know, before I had a cell phone, I'd watch TV with her. Now I have a cell phone. While we're watching TV, I'm going to text my boyfriend or my, my girls, my, my peeps. I'm going to say, hey, what's going on? I'm babysitting. What are you up to? Um, so what she did, she told her parents that I wasn't paying any attention to her. They, I was there for eight hours, right? Wait, where's my calculator? You were babysitting for eight hours. I was there for eight hours that day. It was, it was a long, it was a long day, right? Like a full Saturday or something like that. It was a full Saturday. So I'm expecting at the end of the night, okay, eight times 20, okay, 160. Could have done that in my head. It's late. I've worked a full work day. It's okay. We're dependent on calculators because we have them. We can access them at any time. So I'm expecting $160 at 13. This is wild. Shouldn't be expecting that money. I'm expecting it. The parents come home and they say, oh, thank you so much. And they give me the wad of money, right? Like, okay, this feels a little bit lighter, but you know, it is what it is. I make my way home, get up to my room, turn the light on. They gave me $25. No. For eight hours. And no, I'm dead serious. What had happened was, well, oh, shit, shit. I forgot the most important part. When I got home, I mean, excuse me, when the parents got home, they lectured me on me being on my cell phone the whole time I was with the kid. Oh, man. Here's what happened. It's always awkward when the parents get home, is it not? So weird. Well, the daughter, I, I still haven't figured this out to this day. Either they watched me on the cameras that they had, or... Back then they had cameras? Oh, yeah. This was like, yeah. This... Did they live in the neighborhood you grew up in? They did. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, so okay. it tells you something. Yep. Um, I lived with some around some pretty bougie people, and it was kind of wild. But basically, they, I don't know if they watched me on the cameras or... The daughter, maybe when I was in the bathroom, called her mom. No, no, no. I think this is what it was. Maybe she had like one of those little Firefly phones where you could only call for emergencies. Fireflies. I think the mom said something like she called us on the Firefly. Like it was one of those situations where, and I can't remember because it's been so many years ago, if you can believe it. I can. Can't believe I was making that much money back then. But I remember getting that $25. And the next time they asked me to babysit, I was like, nope, can't do it. I, I, because you know, I'm not gonna you have go. a standard, you have to stick to it. Well, yeah, it's like, okay, well, you go from paying me $20 an hour to literally, sorry, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just sticking my, uh, calculator back out. So you end up paying me $3 and 13 cents an hour. Yeah, and I happen to remember around the time we were in middle school, I believe the minimum wage was like $7.25 or something along those lines. I have a very vivid memory of writing my mom's Yukon and us discussing the minimum wage at that stage of life. And that is well below minimum wage. Yeah, they were like, she's like, how can we like give this girl a lesson to not be on her phone? I'm like, I'm like 12, 13 years old. Like, what are you doing? So ever since then, I was very spiteful. And I get it. I had a good run. I will say I had a relatively similar experience. It wasn't nearly as bad uh, as far as like rates go. But I, the kid that I babysat or basically nannied as a senior in high school, uh, 
I had an overnight babysitting gig. It was the first time I had done that. Uh, I obviously have a lot of siblings, so I'd stayed overnight with my siblings, but never done it for somebody else. And I'm a very anxious person. So I was nervous that something would go wrong or whatever. I remember sleeping in their living room and watching 90210 all night to make sure like nothing happened in the house. Very weird memory. Um, but she usually paid me really well. We had never really discussed a rate per se because the first time she just paid me well. So I just assumed that it would continue to be the same. And after that full night, I'm like, she's got to pay me for the nighttime too, right? Because I stayed there. I know that's customary based on my friends who do this more often than I do. And the next day she paid me for only like one day of work and I was there for like two and a half days. And I just remember being like, I can't be that mad because she's overpaid me before. And like, I should be grateful for that. But also like, damn, I deserve more than a hundred dollars for a full day. Or it was like two full days with a night. And oh, I was like, that's that a just, long time. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's not enough for me. Thank you very much. It's also not <laughs> consistent. It's not consistent. Um, but of course, I hate confrontation. So I never said anything and I just kept I working that. for her. Yeah. Um, but it was very disappointing to me. But I can't imagine being in your shoes where you're expecting $160. I mean, I was expecting like double the amount, but I can't be well, mad you at did like a full three days of work. Yeah, but I was like two days technically, but I couldn't be mad at $100 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still $100 more than I had before. And it's not that hard to babysit him. He was a really cool kid and they're a great family. So I wasn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. be that mad. But for you, they also gave you like a, they gave you like a lesson conversation. That was like the worst too. I, I remember thinking, well, you're not my parents. And I'm like, been watching your kid and your kid and it's like, the kid was a good kid, but you know, it's like, come on, man. I could have been, I don't know. It was fine. Did you often have kids who had a hard time going to sleep because they missed their parents and you had to stay in the room while they were like screaming and crying all night? Yeah. Until the parents got home? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty part of the course. Ugh. I had that a lot um, with all the families that I babysat for. And it's like, you deserve some pay for that. Yeah. For exactly. as often as you get to get on your phone and text. I remember being able to the first family I ever babysat for was early high school. And I remember being able to get on my phone and text mm-hmm. in the living room while I was listening while they were in bed. And then that would last for like 10 minutes. And then they'd come down the, the stairs and be crying. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, oh, okay. gotta go yeah. back upstairs. Oh, and then they like realize you're not there and you're like, gotta go back up and be like, oh yeah, I'll write you one more story. Look, high schoolers, we just want to text our friends and like feel important in our own social circles. And you can be responsible and seek that at the same time. Yeah. Can you imagine a Gen Z kid babysitting? Like they're going to be on their phone their entire time. And that's, that doesn't mean that they're not competent. And then the kid is probably going to be on their phone the entire time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't mean they're not the competent. It just means that it's a different world. And that's okay. It is a different world. Um... And I wonder if they also paid me less because one time, well, actually, if they had cameras, they might have seen this. They got a brand new oven and I thought that I like hit the timer right, but I burnt all the cookies and like there was smoke like in the entire downstairs (laughs) and I'm like flailing my arms, like trying to like get the smoke out. And I was like, surely, surely they're watching me on the cameras. I remember having a lot of anxiety about that. So I wonder if that really is the decrease in pay, that and the cell phone situation. If they charged you 
like if they deducted pay for you burning some cookies, everybody's been there. Like we can't lie. Everybody's burned some cookies in their day. I highly doubt it. They could have also just been negligent that day, you know? It's possible. I didn't check the cameras. Who's to say? But I like I to believe that they were watching you on camera and were just being stick up their butt, you know? Honestly, I like wouldn't put it past them. And that's babysitting because it is, I, like I said, it's Ugh. good pay because it's not necessarily on the record. However, being off the record means there's no HR. There's no one really making sure that you're being taken care of. And there's some training with you getting like BLS or not BLS, getting like going to a babysitting class and making sure that you can do yeah. um, any sort of like life support. Stuff. Heimlich but, maneuver. Yeah, exactly. Heimlich. And what was that called? Uh, the Red Cross used to give it to you uh, for learning CPR, the CPR certification. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have um, that. So those things would be helpful, but you didn't have to have them to babysit. So it was kind of just off the book and every family likes different things and every family wants a different thing when it comes to expectations. So it was really setting us all up for failure when we were just mere little children of our own. It really was. Oh. Hmm. You live and you learn. What are you going to do? You do. You do. Well, on that note, do we want to do our, our carryouts for the week? I think we should. Carry um, out. Carry out. I can start with mine. Um, my carry out for the week, specific to this episode, I would say, hmm, is that don't be afraid to share your crazy, weird stories that happen to you at any kind of job. Um, and I'm sure we'll do one, an episode down the road that's like more corporate oriented. Um, because I saw, you know, in my career, I've seen some similar times to that that I had at Monkey Joe's, which is really interesting. But, you know, just like own your stories and it's fun to share them. And we're probably going to do a write in, you know, episode. So like for for, you know, you goodish people to write about a story that you've had or experienced. Um, and, yeah, just don't be a- afraid to talk about it. And. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's mine. And that's kind of rudimentary and not very, like, I don't have a lot of depth there. But that that's kind of my carryout for the week. Oh, I think that's perfect. And I would say my carryout, it's along the same lines of, like, I'm just grateful that we can have a sense of humor about life. Because sometimes these things, like, suck in the moment. And then afterwards, you're like, LOL, I was so pissed about $100 as an 18-year-old when, like, <laughs> who really cares? Like, I yeah. had such an easy job babysitting that 10-year-old. So just grateful that we can sit here and we can laugh and we can share these stories that are a tiny piece of us and remember them. But just remember, like, they don't really matter that much. And that's no. really nice and fun. Um, but I think that's it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Goodish People podcast. We're so grateful that you guys are here listening. Uh, we would really appreciate if you could like, subscribe, um, download any of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. And you can find us on Instagram at, at Goodish People Pod. And we are uh, actively trying to get onto other social media platforms. So be on the lookout for that as well. But we would love for you to follow us and engage with our posts or send us messages about feedback for the episodes or any of your own stories. Please, please, please DM them to us or email them to us at goodishpeople mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Yes, please do. And without further ado, I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Jones. Thanks, Goodish People. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>